I'm Betsy Reed, and this is The Discomfort Practice, where I talk to creatives, activists, leaders, scientists, and a host of others about discomfort, about the role it's played in their lives, who they are and what they do in the world, and the value of discomfort in helping us move forward as a society. Discomfort is just the edge of your comfort zone, and on the other side are superpowers. So settle yourself in, and let's get uncomfortable. So welcome to today's podcast, The Discomfort Practice. I'm Betsy Reed. I want to introduce my very special guest. Jonelle Lewis is one of my favorite humans on the planet. She is a close personal friend, and she is having a moment. The world needs to hear what she has to say. So her strapline is making yoga and wellness inclusive and accessible. And she is an educator, mentor, and speaker in the yoga world. In fact, she has done me some solid favors over the years as a younger yoga teacher. And she mentored and connected me, actually, when I started teaching. She's currently based in Los Angeles, but has lived in London for 20 years and is originally from Philadelphia. She's been teaching yoga for over six years and practicing for 15 and started practicing while pregnant with her very beautiful, very grown-up daughter now, Francesca. Yeah, and Jonelle says, I teach and practice yoga as part of my path to awakening and healing and invite my students to do the same. I believe people need to see themselves and it is my aim to help facilitate that through yoga meditation and ritual. My purpose is to liberate myself so I can inspire and help others to do it for themselves. The practice of yoga is key in me experiencing happiness and freedom. So over the years, Jonelle and I have talked over dinner at great length about things like whiteness in the wellness industry, about uh, maybe the self-indulgence of how we as yoga pr- practitioners often practice and think, well, we're doing all this work, but what's what's the real point? And she's recently been featured all over the place on podcasts and different media outlets, including on The Guilty Feminist recently, which I really enjoyed listening, listening to, uh, talking about racism and the wellness industry and cultural appropriation. So I know you've got a lot of knowledge on this front and a lot to say. So the focus of this practice, we're going to talk about the ripples of a conscious discomfort practice because you teach yeah. people to have a discomfort practice. So let's let's start out with what is a discomfort practice in your view? Um, <clears throat> so that's so interesting that you have even framed it in that way. Because I looked at it and I'm like, because I always ask these questions and, and, and I have to, I'm like, oh, what do I have to say? Like, why do, why do people want to talk to me? What is it, what is it, what is it that I, I can, can bring to the conversation? But yours more, I mean, and, and I know like some, you know, the other things I've done it, like to me, it's very clear. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, well, they're going to get a black yoga teacher to talk about racism. Like, okay, right. That's, that's, that, 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 yep. that, that makes sense or whatever. Yep. yep. Okay. But um, when, when I looked at this, it's like, well, like, this is like really appropriate for me. And this is really hits a place that, um, really deep inside about what I do and, and, and why I do it and, and, and how it came about. Mm-hmm. I started practicing yoga on a regular basis when I was pregnant. And um, part of that, you know, what, what I'll say, the, the top line and the glossiness so I can stay connected to my body and connect to my daughter. And that all sounds like really nice and really fuzzy and warm. But really, it was about the discomfort around being pregnant, my body changing, and mm. I didn't want to be a bystander in that, right? I, and, I, and at the time, I didn't have the language for it. But when I look back on it, it's like, I didn't want to be a bystander. I wanted to participate in the changes that were going on. And that really was based in being deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it's like... And and, 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 and and being with child and, and being pregnant, like that's a glorious thing. It's a blessing and, and, and it's, it's like fantastic. It's like the best thing I've, I've ever done, but the most uncomfortable thing I've done because you're literally like just changing and there's like very little that you can do, you know, like your body is doing it, but you're kind of like not really consciously participating in it. And um 
what I found was doing the yoga helped. It just mm-hmm. helped me um, reconcile everything that was going on. It was like helping me just process what was happening in my body. And I literally practiced until like I gave birth. Like I did a full out Ashtanga wow. practice on the on the Friday and I went into labor on the Monday. Of course and you did. <laughs> listen, I'm not saying that's the right, but I was getting so yeah. much from it. I'm waddling down with my big belly because it's like I was there. I was with it. I was working through the different places that I couldn't move anymore, like where my belly was getting in the way of everything. And that really was helping me to navigate the whole pregnancy. And then you get into labor and like, and that was just so like, so much going on, but I was cool because why? Because I knew how to breathe Mm -hmm. from doing the yoga and I could breathe and I could just send myself into a really like a, a place where like, you know what, this is all happening and it's okay. And I don't have to fight against it. And I don't have to really do anything about it. I can just be with it. And, and hey, and, 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 and I, I got a beautiful baby out of it. <laughs> and it wasn't straightforward. My birth was really not straightforward. But because I'd been doing this yoga and doing the breathing and, and, and taking it, um, you know, as seriously as I could, it, it really helped me get through such a big, you know, big moment Um you know, as a woman mm. to have those things supporting me while that was going on. And um, yeah, and that was my real introduction to to how powerful using the practice. And I was, I was mm. you know, um, mainly practicing yoga and doing a bit of meditation, which was like helpful. And the pranayama, the breath exercise is really important. Um, you know, when, when you're, when you're having the babes. So discomfort discomfort led you into that practice. And then, and then it did. And because obviously that practice led you into being a teacher of it. And, and so I've been in your classes. No. Okay. (laughs) So then I stopped doing yoga because I had to do a baby. Yeah. (laughs) And then the next uncomfortable thing happened, which I, I really like to talk about because I'll, you know, this resonates with a lot of people. I got a divorce mm-hmm. or was in the process of getting a divorce, right? A breakup. So we yeah. all know how uncomfortable those things oh, are. Yeah. Not. Oh, yeah. Most of the population, even if you haven't given birth or and you don't want to, it's fine. But most people have had a breakup. And whether you've been married or not married, not married but most people have, have gone through something like that. Yeah. And I was going through a breakup and my life's falling apart. Like just everything was like just disintegrating. To that. Yeah. Right. As, as it does. But again, that's a part of the transformation. That is a part yeah. of transformation. Some of the, the, the stuff has to burn. Sometimes yeah, you're in the fire. You're probably in the fire. Yep. Yeah. And um and then I was like things were not great and a friend, you know, you like friends are the best. And I know you know friends are the best. My friend went, You need to get yourself together. And I'm like <laughs> <laughs> And basically just saying no one can fix this except for you. Like nobody's gonna come. <laughs> nobody's fixing this. No one's coming. No one's coming to rescue you. So I was like, okay. I just don't feel great. I can't digest this stuff that's going on. I, I, I don't know what to do with it. And a voice in my said, head said, that yoga stuff, start doing that again. Hmm. And um, and again, it's doing the yoga, again, ability to start to see more clearly, critical thinking starts to kick in, you're digesting the things that are going on and, um, and that squarely brought me into the teaching. Okay. That so, is where I came to the teaching from. from so that discomfort place. drove you to it. And that's where you learned those tools to cope with yeah. further discomfort, which is a lot of what that when we talk about a discomfort practice on this podcast, it is about being a conscious practice and it being a way, a route to a superpower, which is about being able to be with discomfort, not yeah. run away from it because it's such a process of, a tool to help us evolve, isn't it? To get yeah. to the place where we need to be to shed some of the stuff we need to shed. 
All right. 100%. So coming back to how did you then become a professional discomforter? How did you become somebody who now it's your jam, it's your job, people pay you to, to make them uncomfortable, to help them practice discomfort? necessarily so I'm like the sneaky discomfort person (laughs) I'm like the sneaky discomfort teacher because it's you know look you gotta get people you can't you can't just leave with right I mean you're probably gonna hate me because I'm gonna really challenge you and then just ask you to sit in it and um that's what we're gonna do for 75 minutes to 90 minutes you cool with that? <laughs> you cool with that? Right? I teach. I teach a little bit like that, where I'm like, we're gonna get edgy, and it attracts a certain crowd who are like, bring it, bring it on. I, 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 I kind of just say, oh hey, hey, how are you? Right? Um, I'm gonna put the Beyonce on, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> like, like, um, yeah, let's listen to Rihanna and just see what happens. And so I think. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, like, okay, well, while all of this is going on, you get to listen to Jay-Z. How about that? You know, and um, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I know the, the discomfort, right, is there. And, and what I say is that being human, <laughs> is, that is part of the deal of being human. This whole discomfort thing that is intrinsic to our humanity. Like you can't be human without this, right? And it brings you into your humanity. And and even for me, I say it's a portal into our divinity. When we can start to like really hang out with this, like this stuff, our stuff and and however you get this stuff. And most of us gotten this stuff through our um, families, you know, it, it comes back from, you know, growing up and, and, and so then you have these things and, and, and all, I, I try to make it like, I try to make discomfort fun. <laughs> like, you know, we can do this and, 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 and laugh a bit about it and we can do this and smile and we can do this um, and be joyful about it. And, um, and not in one of these ways that we're kind I'm kind of like, <clears throat> you know, trying to paint love and light all, all over everything, right? Because that is really certainly not the case. Like oh, that's yeah. just not- You know what you think of good vibes only. <laughs> that's that's not a thing. Discomfort is all the vibes, yeah. right? And discomfort is welcoming all the vibes all the time as they want to come up and as they want to appear. And, um, and some of these things where, you know, some of these stuff things is like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. So I'm more available for that, whatever the feeling is. Mm-hmm. And then because sometimes it's not, discomfort isn't necessarily about things that are on the face of it, like painful or bad or like, you know, discomfort <laughs> comes in all sorts of, of, of flavors and shades. It is yeah. really just, again, what you're available for, what you're used to. And what I really try to encourage in the classes is making this space, right? To be available for more of these flavors that might come up and that we don't just automatically get so triggered and want to run away and want to start to Mm self-medicate or, you know, and when I say self-medicate, I'm not just talking about like drinking or drugs. I'm talking about like shopping, over-exercising, orthorexic diets, like those sorts of things, anything that, you know, we're kind of used to like mask the thing that's actually there. Um, I, in the teaching, in the yoga, because that's what I found is that doing the practice just gave me more space. It gave me more bandwidth to hang out with some of the things that I was kind of like, I don't know about this. To be with all the vibes. Well, that sort of leads us onto a question I wanted to ask, which is how do you see this with your students? I mean, obviously with you, but with your students, how do you see people beginning to take this outside the yoga studio? Because that's the whole point, isn't it? Teaching discomfort isn't about just being on a mat and doing it for 75 minutes. How do you see that showing up in people's lives as they practice discomfort? Now, this is for me, this is the magic. This is the beauty. This is... um like 
part of my why, you know, it's like, okay, so we're going to do this here, but what the fuck are we going to do out there? Right. Cause that's where we're doing the real yoga. Like contrary to <laughs> what some people may be telling you, right. When you're out there living your everyday life, that is where the real yoga is happening. Not when you're just sitting in meditation pose at your altar or something like when you're having to interact with people yeah. and what, um, the magic, and, and I'll use that word as I, as I see, is like people being able to show up for themselves a little bit more. And it doesn't even need to be a lot because that's the thing is like, you know, we're, we're in this like capitalistic society and everything's so extreme. And it's like, no, 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 no. You just need to be able to do it a little bit, you know, a little bit more for yourself, being a little bit more present in the moment. And then, you know, again, more possibilities are, are there for you. And it's not necessarily about somebody that's like slaying their life and that's on the glow up and all of these terms, but it's just like, you, you, you know, feel it that, that somebody is in the room a little more fully, like mm. you can feel their presence. And, um, and then they're like more present for themselves. And then they can start to see some of the things that are going on where they can go like, well, I, I'm going to step into that and, and I'm going to contribute to that. And, and again, not from necessarily a place of fixing, but from a place of, you know, having the space, being able to um, just participate a little more fully in what is actually going on. Mm. Which obviously starts to lead into some of the juicier questions that we talked about ahead of time, which is things like how can having that kind of a discomfort practice help people to step into these uncomfortable conversations that we're finally having as a culture about things like race and racism, and particularly in an uncomfortable situation like the well-being industry, the yoga industry, the whiteness of the yoga industry, of the cultural appropriation issues. So how, because it's been something that you would have thought would be obvious. Some of the things that drive me crazy are, you know, we show up for yoga class and half the people in the room are wearing something made in a sweatshop. Um, and it just doesn't, mm. it doesn't mm -hmm. strike people as in any way discordant or jarring or how are we, how are we doing this? How are we showing up to practice and alming while wearing something made by, I'm not going to name names, but you know, somebody yeah. who makes no money and is possibly chained to their sewing machine somewhere. So how does the discomfort practice <clears throat> prepare people for those conversations? And also how should it? What do you wish people were more uncomfortable about, I guess, when um, we're having chats about? So I really, you know, right now I'm like, I'm always an inquiry. But I can say I'm like inquiry girl. I mean, and that's part of this discomfort practice. And um, right, what I have found, and this is what, you know, I think, again, we, we back it up, how I know that a discomfort practice, and that's why group yoga classes are so popular, because we got to do it in community. We have to do it in community. That is, that's it. And no matter how we find the community, it might be an online community, it might be an in-person, it might be at our church, it might be, you know, at our gym or, you know, wherever, but these things about this discomfort, you, you my experiences, you are far more successful in really engaging with these things if you have folks you can do it with, people mm. that you can, you know, kind of touchstones and not, not 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 in a codependent way so that this is not what we're talking about here this is not where like I'm somebody's washing machine of discomfort and and that's what no 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 we're just talking about being able to witness each other mm -hmm. as we do this because in so many of these things um there is when you're starting to wake up to the realities the instant things when I really start to awaken I was I was going crazy. I thought I was going crazy because there becomes this sense of something. Something is deeply wrong, you know? And, and I wish somebody had given me the awakening playbook because I was just like, <laughs> I think we need what one of those. is going on around here? Because people are saying things and doing the opposite. 
Yeah. And yeah. and you start to again, and that's like uncomfortable because she's sitting there like, and that's why we need community. <laughs> so it can be like, yeah. oh no, Betsy, you're not crazy. That's what they did. Okay. That's the thing. Let's let's start yeah. to digest this. And this is where I think um with these some of these practices and especially um you know because this is where I sit and this is where I hang out in yoga wellness and spiritual communities they try to make awakening this and quote unquote masculine heroic thing that you do on your own mm. and that's really mm. not how it goes because <laughs> that not, is that's so individual too isn't it it's not about that feminine nurturing community aspect which is out of balance in our world in general yeah, yeah. so we have that going on and then that then already we have the fractures then we already because some people feel like this is something that they're doing that they do on their own and I get enlightened and I'm in somebody or wherever the hell you're trying to go right and it's something that's out right it's not a move in. It's yeah. like, let me get away from the shit. And you're doing it on your own. And you're like, oh, these people that aren't vegan and are yeah. still having to, you know, buy their clothes from John Luke. I mean, I'm not going to say nobody needs it, but like, you know, making these judgments around and I, I'm on this path and I'm like, you know, wherever. Mm -hmm. And that is not going to bring us into conscious conversation ever. Right. Because again, it's, it's like spiritual capitalism. Yeah. And well, okay. For listeners, it's probably also useful because a lot of them might not be yogis or yogi teachers and be familiar with some of the issues that we're talking about that are, yeah. are uncomfortable conversations that aren't being had and are starting to be had, but haven't been had because I remember becoming a yoga teacher and being in total shock that the the politics and the competition and the ego was in some ways worse than what I experienced working as a Absolutely. lobbyist in the political world because Absolutely. it's not called out because it's glossed over in this exactly. these terms of spirituality and samadhi and you can't criticize because that's negative, that's bad vibes. So all of this stuff kind of goes on and on and on or, or just like the okay. male dominance of yoga leadership and the whiteness yeah. and the lack of diversity. So what are some of the issues that we, you know, people who are maybe yogis who aren't aware of this because we sit in an area of privilege, I hold up my hand as a very white yeah. yogi myself. What are some of these areas that we need to be having uncomfortable conversations about? I, I just, again, I say it's like, it's a call for community and, um, and also a space where you, you know that there, the, there's going to be a certain language that is that is used and um, about and, and it's going to feel really inclusive and it, it's not going to feel like um, and when you're hanging out with these people and it's not going to seem very black and white because then we get into these spaces and 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 I when I, I frame this and say this is the area that I've hang out in and I can say okay yoga wellness spiritual but these are we come, we take everything from the macro and bring it to the micro, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're seeing these patterns in all industries and, and everything. I just have to frame the industry that I work in, right? Because, yeah. um, but I mean, I lived my life and I used to work in um, cor corporate, the world and in this, and I used to, and, and also an intersection of academia too. And it was just like, wow, you know, sometimes <laughs> I just like, I'm like, you know, wow, the privilege that you would see with people and just how they just didn't even have to think about things. And then you, you know, you're like, well, what about these people? But again, it's, it's about the end. I think it's especially with, with everything. Let's just say a blanket. When it's so individualized, we, there can't be any conversations. There can't be, there mm -hmm. won't be. If it's just about me and my path, me and where I'm going and what I'm going to get and what I'm going to do all the time, that just closes the conversation. Because even if you're talking to people, it's about you. It's about what you can get out of. It's not about contribute, contributing to anything. So if we kind of say, well, 
if if you look at it and you go like, okay, well, that's not really how I want to be. That's not really what I want. Then you got to get into community. You have to find the community so you can start to have some of these conversations together and through the conversations, through the reflection, right? So we reflect and we're reflecting mm. and reflect together and through the connections, you know, through the community, then you can do action. Then you can do meaningful action based yeah. around that because you need your community to keep you accountable. You're never going to stay accountable to yourself 100%. I'll throw my head. Yeah, yeah. Unaccountability queen, you know? Well, so what it really points back to is what you were saying about community. And if we aren't practicing in a community and seeing that we are part of a community, we're actually just completely repeating the pattern of what's going on in the outside world and which is such an issue and so obvious right now. The, the polarization, the separation and the damage that that causes people because we're not able to resolve things together. We're not able to see things from other points of view. We're not interacting with people not like us. I uh, Studios I will lonely. not name. Yeah, it's, it's lonely. incredibly it's lonely. lonely to try to do any of this. And, 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 and I'll say transformational work for yourself. You're trying to do this on your own. Okay, read a couple books, <laughs> listen to a couple podcasts. But all and I and and actually books and podcasts, we can call that community too, but then you also need um, you know, like people actual that you talk to, like you know, an Betsy outlets. and I just, yeah, yeah, an outlet. an outlet to to because some of these things, and that's where I, you know, and, and we, we bring it back to like when I was a baby yoga teacher and I was just seeing all of this stuff happening. Again, I, I thought I was like, I, I mean, I now I can be honest, I had a bit of a breakdown. I had a straight up breakdown um, around all of it because it wasn't making sense. I, mm. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be the best me and, and, and I'm getting all of these mixed messages and, um, and you know, I had the breakdown and then what came out of it was so beautiful where I really did start to find my community of, of people that I could be witness. I could say I am real in real discomfort about what I'm seeing and um, I, I, just, I need to be witnessed as I process it, you know, so that like that you're held, that there's a bit of a, a container mm. because any of this work and, and even we're, we're not even talking about like some of these like you know about really stepping into anti-racism work for yourself right as an individual um so you can so the communities that we're part of they benefit from those things right because we're coming back into them and they're witnessing us doing the work i'm not even saying anything like that i'm just talking about like you know if you're trying to start a new business or you know what I mean, or you're trying to write a book or whatever yeah, else, yeah. these things are, it's, 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 all, it's all applicable. It's all of value to have a space um, where, you know, you, you can feel com um, discomfort and to have people that can witness that discomfort. Mm. It's a really good point about anybody who needs to, to change something or who wants to, work on something in the world, having a community and even having a yoga or a meditation practice, if that is their form of discomfort practice yeah. is so incredibly useful to shape how they are in the world. All right. So let's dive into some of the issues that you've alluded to that you've had a meltdown over or particular issues that have come up lately that you've been asked to comment on about racism, about yeah. being a, a black yoga teacher what what is some of the discomfort that people need to face about that and what can we do about it um so some of the discomfort I, I i feel like people need to face um a lot we have different access points of how we come to this practice right we got to hold that up there is a different reason why i might have started doing the practice than you or my students or everything. So we have to hold that and we have to recognize that, okay? Already saying that we see differences, right? Not pretending like we don't. 
Mm-hmm. And that we see differences um, in, in, in why people are practicing and what they're practicing for and everything. we got to hold that because if we can't, then we can't start to move in some of the other places. A lot of people mm-hmm. um, in the West, we come through yoga through asana, right? And, and um, the physical practice. The yeah. physical practice. And, and that means certain things, you know. Some people are using it to get a workout. Some people are using it to get their beach body ready or their winter body or whatever body they need to have right now. Yeah. Um, some people are like, yo, my back hurts and this is just going to make my back feel better. Right. You know, so, so then we have to hold that. Okay. Why are people, why, why are people coming? Why are people here? Okay. So we see why you're here, but now we're going to tell you the truth of what this is. And that's been a problem because people mm. have not been telling their students what they are actually doing. They feel like, oh, let me kind of just not really say what this is and they get, and I get it, but that can't help it anymore because that is part of the cultural appropriation of these practices. And it just doesn't happen in yoga. It's just happening in everywhere in so many different industries that we can you know I know you work in environmentalism and I know you work in fashion and and I know you see the different intersections of when it's happening so where I am now is that you need to tell people what you're doing you need to tell them the truth of this practice you need to tell them who it came from you need to tell them what those people meant by doing this that this is an earth practice this is an indigenous practice healing practice for Indian people it's a South Asian people. It's a practice of collective liberation and collective healing. That's what we're doing. So yeah, it's great Amen. your back feels better. Yeah, it's great you got your six pack. Yo, it's great that you can do your handstand. But this is what this practice, this is what it is. And yeah. if you're saying that you're a yoga teacher and you are not communicating those things in any way, and it doesn't have to mean you stand on a soapbox and your little 45 minute class and start to bang on for, no. I, but you know what I mean? Giving people these this cueing around it because otherwise, if you aren't doing it, you might as well just send folks to circus school. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You can go down circus school. And I have been guilty of that because I came from a fundamentalist Christian background and my line has been, I didn't quit being a Christian to become a pretendy Hindu. And so my discomfort with the cultural appropriation of you know taking that on, this is a truth bomb for me. This is an uncomfortable moment for me of having to consider how do I, as a meditation and yoga teacher, let people know this is a heritage that needs to be honored. There's a reason we do this. And it isn't just to help you feel better or get you to touch your toes. So I'm taking this on, girl. Thank and you. It's, and it's great that it does help you to feel better. Like we mm. don't discount like all the benefits that are enormous and and, and it's fantastic but like we got to hold the context and if we can hold the context then we can do critical thinking around um how we're participating with some of these things and if it's it's there are certain people that are just like you know like lady this is great but I just want my back to feel better and I don't want to be stressed cool fine but I'm still (laughs) telling you what it is Okay. Yeah. And it's like, cool. And then, and then we're there and then there'll be, you know, and then people can really participate in the practice in, in, in a way that is meaningful. Right. Because they know, mm. they know what they're doing. So then we have that. And then you have people that are just, they're, they're not, so they're picking and choosing what parts of the practice they do. So we're just getting the asana. And then there are so many other different limbs that need to be that also need to be addressed if you're saying you're a yoga teacher if you're saying you're a yoga teacher and that I think is where again that that's the 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 springboard for a lot of the appropriation and Mm -hmm. and the things where people just aren't honoring and if we acknowledge that where it comes from then we got to acknowledge the people and we need to listen to them and we need to hear their voices and we need to honor their voices and 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 make space for them. Yeah. Well, so much of being a yoga teacher has taught me so much about holding space. And I know you talk about that and 
you are an amazing space holder, but to add that as something we're holding space for the heritage and the accountability mm -hmm. of, you know, I know you're here to get your sweat on, but actually this is what you're doing. Go ahead and get your sweat on, but also this is what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Rather than being kind of sneaky about it, which has been my approach for a long time. And this, this sneaky thing too, it's just like, why? Like, which, and it implies, again, there's an implication that there's something wrong with where it came from and that we want to erase it. Like, it, and it's mm. just like, no, it's, it's like, come on. Oh, mine oh. comes from straight up white guilt, straight up white guilt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that it's, it's nice to, um, that you even would admit that, you know, like Betsy, because a lot of people, again, when we talk about these systems and why, again, this discomfort, people just, they're like, look, please don't say anything that's going to rock the boat. But I feel mm. like that's intrinsic to people's growth mm. and, and, and how we can start to hold space for, for more things. I'll throw my hand up and say, like, I had to get my shit together as a yoga teacher because I'm like, wait a minute. Who are you paying your money to? Y'all know. I had to ask myself, who are you giving your money to? Who? Mm -hmm. Get, get an Indian teacher, boo. Go get an Indian teacher. Yeah. Go find an Indian teacher, however it works, and pay them some money. So I'm doing another 300-hour teacher training within basically all Indian, South Asian faculty Amazing. and people of color faculty. Because I just yeah. had to, it's like, what are you doing? Who, what are, and this is a question yeah. I'm asking myself. I'm not saying that other people have to hold themselves to the same standard. I'm not saying that, but what I do say is like, if I am a D shishin yoga, then that kind of means certain things for me, right? That, that <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you people that are Egyptologists, they don't just get to not go to in Egypt, right? Like if you say you're an Egyptologist at a certain point going to Egypt and working <laughs> with Egyptian people gotta be on the menu. And yeah. I would then for me, I would just say, well, maybe, that's the same thing as yoga teachers. If you're saying you're a yoga teacher, you might say, I teach, just teach movement. Then that's going to be a different thing. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a good point about when you are feeling uncomfortable, when you are in discomfort about something you've discovered as an inconsistency in yourself. And it might be as a yoga teacher, it might be in some other area we deal with yeah. on this podcast, but it's do something about it. Don't just sit in the discomfort because that is a waste of time. What are you going to do about it? And even if it's one yeah. thing or even if it's a small thing or even if it's imperfect, do something. Start to participate in conversations or consideration yeah. when you look around a yoga studio and don't see anybody who's not white in there and think, why is that? You know, it's, it's okay. We have a few minutes left, but let's yeah. kind of get down to what can people do? about moments when they feel uncomfortable and maybe relate it to the wellness industry. So we're talking to, you know, white people in the wellness industry who are hearing this conversation more and more and don't necessarily know what to do about it. They want to, but they don't know what to do. So what do they do? Well, I even, I would even say, we don't even have to say the wellness. We can just say like, and it's not, and here I don't like to let people off the hook right because no we all on this hook together with with mm -hmm. the way that the world is with the way that the environment is <laughs> like, let, tell let, me about it yeah. about that we let, like the way the environment is the way that the, the geopolitical situation is we all on this hook yeah. together together and that there is every one of us every one of us gotta hold up the mirror mm -hmm. everybody Right. Mm -hmm. There is nobody that's getting out of holding up the mirror. I, I, I need people to know that there's no I'm not over here getting out of the holding up the mirror about racism. I got to hold it up. I got to hold it up too. everybody has to participate in these things or they will not change. It will not change. It cannot be just the minoritized, marginalized folks doing all the heavy lifting. It does not work like that. You know, it can't be the mm -hmm. folks that who, who are at that pain point where, where they're really getting it. It can't just be them. Everyone has to do it. Everybody has to hold up the mirror. 
and these big things that we are facing as the human race, as the, you know, human beings, we all have to hold up the mirror and 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 be in this this discomfort around you know racial equity, around health, mm-hmm. and and what this COVID pandemic is really saying about the systems that we have and how they're crumbling, right? Yeah, how we have to hold up the mirror about the environment. Like, you know, and it's, and there's mm-hmm. certain things that it's easier for us to participate in because it's like, okay, like I'm here, this is where I sit, okay. So then in those areas, you're gonna do more. Mm-hmm. You're going to do more. Mm-hmm. You are going to do more because you have the expertise. You have the basis. You are going to do a bit more because you got more threshold for the discomfort in places that you're not really quite sure. Like, uh, like for me with environmentalism and sustainability, I got people I got to look to because that's not where I am. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna have to do a little bit more educating. I'm gonna have to do mm-hmm. more, a bit more listening and a bit more looking around, but then I still got to do something. Mm-hmm. I have to find something that I have to do that's meaningful, that I can do that is, is, is sustainable. And then when I get that down, then I got to do a little bit more. I like the idea that it's start with the stuff you know and get uncomfortable and then move on to the stuff that you know less about and get uncomfortable because change only happens. I, I say in my classes when we're making people sit in a pose for five minutes and it's excruciating, like change doesn't happen from an easy chair. Discomfort is the edge of your comfort zone and it's a superpower to be able mm-hmm. to sit there and watch it move. So last question, we talked a bit earlier before we started recording about Janelle, you are, are, you've agreed to be part of my panel of people who keep me accountable to make sure that this podcast continues to make me uncomfortable. It's my discomfort practice and that I am having guests who are reflective of society. So LGBTQ, yeah. people of color, women, um, and also that I don't just kind of keep talking about the things that I know and I'm comfortable with. So you're going to help me stay uncomfortable. So... And what and what I said, first of all, Betsy can basically ask me to do anything. I'll be like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just, just, like, you're such Thanks. a solid individual, right? And and we gotta hold that. It ain't much she can ask me that I'd be like, excuse <laughs> me. Um, but also, what I'm saying around this discomfort, and when and when you really are, are hanging out with discomfort, right? You get a little bit. One of my teachers, you get a little bit perverse about it. You're like, "Ooh, how uncomfortable am I?" And everybody see how uncomfortable I am. Look at me, oh, uncomfortable. And you get, and when you kind of get get in the groove, you want people to witness you, right? You don't want. You're like, sure, so look at me. Look at me on and the cliff. What? Yeah. Look at, and you know what? Here, guess what? I'm here for that. And I just say, you know, usually like <laughs> when people in a discomfort practice that really have one, they're like, hey, 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 everybody keep me in cow. You guys circle around me. And it's usually, I would say that like that, 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 ha- that's how you know there probably won't be a problem. <laughs> There's not going to be a problem with this podcast or anybody that comes because you already are there. You always already have this, what I say, it's a current of common sense that mm-hmm. when you start to do a discomfort practice that you can just tap into. It's like this common sense that just becomes available that where you are, again, available for more and, and some of the things that like you would be closed off to because you're not willing to be uncomfortable. It just opens up and you usually, and you really just usually start to make really good decisions about things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my other guests, Dr. Mick Jackson, he's this phenomenal man says, I like discomfort. It makes me comfortable. And I was like, that's it. People who have a discomfort practice, you're just like, this is, this is where I am. This is where I belong. You kind of get uncomfortable with comfort zones because you realize it's treading water. It's unproductive. It's, it's, and it's, it's one of these things where though, I I also hold, look, if you got a point where this, it is smooth sailing, listen, have that smooth sailing. Nobody's trying to take that away from you. Like not, you know, because there's sometimes where I leave and look at, and I'm a real cyclical worker. Like I look at the seasons and everything like that. And I try to set my life up so that at the points where I really need to be inward, where I, 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 you know, really need to resource myself. I've done going through enough discomfort that I can coast a bit. 
right? Because mm. you can't sometimes, again, you can't, it can't always be discomfort, 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 discomfort. It's just like, whoa, your nervous system. Let's think about that because that's again yeah. Yeah. what the yoga helps to do. It helps to regulate the nervous system. So it's like, no, like right now I'm telling you, I'm coming up into a season where it might seem like I'm doing stuff, but really I've set it up that I'm, I'm inside and I'm, and I'm, and I'm hibernating, coasting. I might have to come out a little bit like if somebody messes with me, go, ah, okay, now go away. <laughs> but that also the discomfort practice teaches yeah. you resourcing. Like, look, I can't be fighting these fights 365 days of the year. Like, I got to look at what my bandwidth is around this and also, you know, create some some space where I can just kind of tread water, right? Yeah. And, and, and well, we've just been through this massive lockdown in Barcelona and going back to the studio and teaching in, oh. it changed how I teach in. So until now, I have, rather than being sort of the dictator of stillness in the in room, I've been telling people to find the edge of their comfort zone and then decide where they need to be in relationship to mm -hmm. that discomfort today, if they need to take a break. And it's been really beautiful to watch people find their comfort zone and then truly decide where they need to be. Do they need to move around a bit? Do they need to be less yeah. deep? Do they need to just take a Shavasana? And it's yeah. been beautiful to watch. I, I call them my discomfort running buddies. And Lucy Lincoln, one of my other podcast guests is one of my younger students also in the same environmental social field and one of my discomfort running buddies. And we talk about this a lot of, yeah. You don't always have to be at the edge because it's exhausting and you burn yourself out and then you're of no use as a discomforter or an activist. Exactly. Yeah. And also this discomfort, and this is like one thing that I just really want to add. All of this stuff that that you know we're talk that we are talking about, and 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 I will speak for myself, I am resourcing love and joy to be able to do these things. Mm. So the discomfort is underpinned by love and joy because if it's always about guilt or shame or fear, you yeah. it, it yeah. can't take, you're not gonna get very far or anger. Yeah. It, it's not gonna take you very, very far. So, uh, so with all yeah. of this stuff that we do, we gotta go back. It is a cultivation of like, of, of joy. And, yeah. and and of love and 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 that that we we're gonna hold that on top of all of those other things too. Yeah, and of gentleness towards yourself and just right. being able to Compassion. be with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, final question, and then our time is up. We could go on and on. We're gonna have to do another episode. I can tell. Well, so we can whenever you want. <laughs> we will. We will. We'll dive deeper into possibly just talking about yin, actually, because I know we both love it, and it is such an uncomfortable oh. practice that has become my practice after years of being like yeah. nope nothing nope and now it's it's what I teach when I had practice. my break when I had my breakdown the big the first one well I had other ones but the big <laughs> one I remember I went into the yin, yin um teacher training in Bali and that helped to that discomfort oh, that yeah. was again it was it was you know major for me that that yeah. yin has been major you dive into those five minute hip openers. So final question is, what would you like people to be uncomfortable about? What do you want them to be with and chew on and figure out what they can be part of somehow? Um, what I think um, is, okay, how do you say this? Look at what's there, y'all. That, that's, you don't have to even look outside. Don't put a shade over your head. Don't even look at, look inside, right? And when I started to look at my inner world and all of the shame, right? The shame and the fear and the guilt and all of the things that I am told I shouldn't be and that I need to get over with and I need to push aside. When I, again, had that moment of, wait a minute, this, what I'm upset about out there is actually going on inside. 
And when I started to look at some, it's look at what was inside. Look, be with what is there, what is coming up. Just the, even the discomfort in my body. Why? Where is this? You know, just that going inwards. That 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 is um, what I, I offer because a lot of this stuff that we see outside it has to start somewhere and it starts inside with us. Mm-hmm. So if we you know can can get past that big hurdle of going inwards, then I I, I you know then that's that's a true discomfort practice. You know because uh. that's 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 that real acknowledgement of where the uncomfortable resides. That is beautiful. So yeah, what are you uncomfortable about? What are you angry about? Go inside and find mm-hmm. that in yourself because that's yeah. where it starts. Yeah. Oh, Donnell, my darling, it has been such a joy to connect with you. I miss you. I hope to get to see you when I the world you. opens up a bit more, but thank you well, so much. You are always welcome here. If you decide you want to leave there, you got a space here, right? I am um, on the next plane to LA then. (laughs) You are welcome. Thank you so much. You are such a gracious and lovely host. And I have truly enjoyed my time speaking to you. It's been a delight. Thank you for your wisdom and your time. Take care. Thanks for getting uncomfortable with me. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts and head over to the Discomfort Practice Patreon page. For the cost of a cup of coffee once a month, you can become a contributor and help us to produce this podcast and reach new people with the idea that discomfort is just the edge of change, the edge of our superpowers, and the edge of changing the world for the better. Thanks to my wonderful team who helped me produce this podcast, to Thomas Sheffer for the original music, Katrina Affleck for the original artwork, and to my co-producer Spencer Rausch. Let's all stay uncomfortable.